Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. In this wide world of sports, some stories can slip through the cracks. Now before we do this, let's go over the ground rules. Pelican Brewing presents the Daily Ticker, where Dirt and Sprague visit with the insiders that are covering the stories you've heard about. Some you haven't. How'd you do that? I'm not even mad. It's amazing. The Daily Ticker with Dirt and Spray is brought to you by Pelican Brewing. Born at the beach. All right, it's Daily Ticker time here on a Tuesday. Brought to you on a fan by Pelican Brewing Company. Born at the beach online at pelicanbrewing.com. Don't forget the mail sack coming up in the final hour of the show. Get your questions in 503-250-1080. Sports, non-sports related. We will answer them. Thanksgiving questions. Whatever you want to fire at us. Uh, because it is Thanksgiving week. That's kind of flying under the radar for me. It's one of those, like, I pull my head up at the end of Tuesday, and I'm like, oh, yeah, Thanksgiving's in two days. Yeah, I, I'm hosting for my mom and my little brother, and uh, I'm not at all ready. I got the biggest thing yesterday, but I'm actually looking forward to something. I, I want to get into, like, what we're most looking forward to eating. Okay. Because I'm not traditional Thanksgiving guy. Love me some good mashed potatoes and gravy. Of course. I love a good roll. A good warm roll. Yeah, rolls go anywhere. You could eat rolls anytime, any meal. It fits everything. Yep. We're doing steak and salmon, uh, but I'm actually most looking forward to deviled eggs. I love deviled eggs. I love me some good <laughs> deviled eggs. I mean, they're horrible for my gas issues, but just delightful. <laughs> they smell terrible, but God, they taste good on the way down. Yeah, I read a fact about uh, it, it. it's good for your blood pressure to fart. Well, then I got great blood pressure, buddy. I was going to say, your blood <laughs> pressure probably thanks you for farting. I'm healthy as an ox, man. But yeah, last uh, Halloween, we made deviled eggs, and we had a pretty sizable party. <laughs> and I was somebody's like, you want one? And I'm like, no. <laughs> and I went back like 40 minutes later. They were all gone. You I didn't get in any. quick. They didn't go, get any. I feel like the tubeness is way worse than it has been in uh, recent interviews. Substantially, hey, yeah. We're going to run with it. Uh, let's talk to the voice of the Oregon State Beavers, our good friend, Mike Doc Parker, at M-E-P-O-S-U on Twitter. Doc, what are you most looking forward to eating on Thanksgiving? Mm. <laughs> you know, I haven't – that's a great question, guys, because <laughs> at uh, noon – at the Portland Memorial Coliseum, I'll be calling Beaver yeah. Duke basketball, which in the world of preparations, the last game that I called for Beaver men's hoops was against Bushnell University, an NAIA school out of Eugene. And it took uh, some pretty you know, deep digging and, and trying to find whatever information I could about 
Bushnell Northwest Christian College, whereas Duke basketball into a search engine, a few things pop up in the history of the game. And 25 current players on NBA rosters, including Justice Winslow. And, you know, so that I don't have time to go through everything that would be available to prepare for that basketball game and then another basketball game on Friday, then a little football skirmish on Saturday, then another basketball game <laughs> on Sunday. So you know what? I haven't even given food eating a thought. I'm hoping just somebody saves me a late plate when I come back from Portland Thursday night for whatever they have for me. I'll, I'll receive it gladly Thursday <laughs> back in Corvallis, then eat sleep, turn around, go back to Portland and do another game. Well, Doc, uh, you have famously one of the best calls of all time when Jared Cunningham uh, ended up having a put-back dunk in in a game. You have one of the best calls. And I feel like while you're great at making the call, you've, you've let us down here. We gave you an easy alley-oop, and you could have just said, duck, I'm looking forward to eating duck on oh. Thanksgiving. <laughs> ah, okay, okay. See, now I- – I wasn't really, again, I think it just, I'm trying to tell you guys that I guess I'm beyond uh, at this point thinking about eating or food or anything else. Oh, I'm just buried in preparation for games, but I like your suggestion, although I will tell you, I've never been a big fan of, of that as a, as a meal. Okay. Uh, we had duck soup as a tradition at one time on New Year's Eve. The tradition lasted one New Year's Eve. We were going to have duck soup on <laughs> New Year's Eve and watch the Marx Brothers 1933 classic by the same name, Duck Soup. And, again, that was a one-year tradition in our, in our household. <laughs> so I'm not a huge fan of it. We'll, we'll keep that secret between us. We won't let any Beaver fans know that you don't enjoy eating uh, eating duck. I, I was gone my way down to Eugene this weekend, Doc, and I was listening to your call, and it felt like – you know, the way that they pulled away at the end of the first half and then really opened things up at this at the start of the third quarter, I, you know, you've been around this team obviously all season. They're going into their biggest game of the year. It, it feels like they're playing as good as they have, and especially at the quarterback position. What would you make of their win in Tempe and the way they look Saturday? It was uh, the impressive thing about it was just the very fact, first of all, that they won because, you know, I mean – the, the, the books, the notes were incorrect. Uh, the AP and other services were saying this was the Beavers' second win there since 1972 against ASU. In 72, they lost. That was only their second win in 53 years there, going back to 1969. So just to see them win was notable in its own right in that stadium. But the way they did it, as you're suggesting, is absolutely right. They controlled uh, dominated the game, pulled away their best. Compl- I think their their the fact that it was on the road in a place where they historically have had a really difficult time playing a team that had rolled up a lot of points and yards and beaten the Huskies in that same stadium. I, I just thought it was the most impressive complete game of the year. And to your point about uh, Ben Goldbranson at quarterback, yes, his best game particularly the way they, you know, he got yards with his legs and yeah. a quarterback draw for a touchdown. I mean, I, he's no Bo Nix in that respect. Depending on Bo's health, though, maybe Ben's going to be uh, the guy who can do a few more things come uh, come Saturday afternoon. But the fact that he did those things uh, going into the biggest stage and, and biggest game of his career Saturday, I think that's a big confidence builder for Ben. Well, styles make fights, Doc. What have you made of Oregon the last couple of weeks? And how do you, when you try to envision, I think we all do this, right? We read about teams. We look at stats. We look at some of the games. 
We all try to envision how that game goes in our brains. What are you seeing when you see Oregon, Oregon State uh, on Saturday? Yeah. The, the biggest concern, I guess, from from watching the Oregon-Utah game, which unbelievably we got back you know, an early game in Tempe. Normally we get back at 3.34 in the morning after those night affairs at Sun Devil Stadium. We got back and I was able to see almost all of uh, that game uh, and recorded it, of course, and have watched some of it back since. But there's been a kind of a popular – narrative in in terms of how maybe people are predicting or envisioning the game that the beavers will be able to to run the football and and perhaps control the clock that way run the football not have a a quarterback in Cole branson who's grown into the ability to get the bees in and out of the right kinds of run plays uh, using bootleg action and, and getting enough out of the passing game taking an occasional shot down the field and and controlling the game in a sense with the ability to run Martinez. And and I, I saw a pretty stout, salty Oregon defense against Utah. I just mm-hmm. thought their defensive line uh, was tough. Their edge players, their interior players, deflecting passes. Uh, yeah, Utah has a good running game, and I thought they made it look pretty ordinary. So I feel like Oregon has come around, and then in the secondary, they were opportunistic. I know Cam Rising had a bad game, but I just thought Oregon's defense, which you know has been supposedly, if they have some vulnerability, that's you know a, a place where I, I've been thinking going into this over the last few weeks that at research the Beavers would be able to take advantage of some of that. I do think Oregon's playing its best defense, but on the other side of it, I think uh, the Beavers are. And that, you know, I say playing their best defense after what Washington did to them. But, you know, that's still, I puzzle, and Jim Wilson on our broadcast said the same thing. How do you, if you're Oregon, get 32 first downs, 592 yards of offense, and lose? (laughs) And in in that classic game, they managed, that was a great football game, but they did contrive a way to to do that, uh, even when their defense wasn't as stout as it was against rising in Utah. So it's hard for me to read Oregon in that respect. I expect both teams to play good defense. And I think this is where, you know, I I don't know what Bo Nix's mobility will be like, but that's a huge, obviously a huge difference. If he's not considerably better and isn't back to his usual form come Saturday afternoon, even with Bucky Irving running it well, and he's a tough back, really tough, uh, leads the conference and missed, you know, making guys miss and breaking tackles. He's good. But I, I like the Beaver defense and the way they're playing. If they get Alex Austin back, and I'm expecting that, then they've got two really good corners that I think make it a little bit more difficult for, for Nick's to get the big plays downfield to his receivers like he was able to do a couple of times, even hobbled against Utah. So I, I – it's a long answer to a question about how do I envision the matchup. <laughs> I envision a very uh, good, uh, competitive, down-to-the-wire football game with the Beavers at home having a, a slight edge because of the ability to run it and I think defend Oregon a little bit better than other teams have been able to. Yeah, to your point, too, on Oregon's defense, if they show up again this weekend, we might have one of those low-scoring defensive struggles in Corvallis. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Does, the name, does the game need a nickname, Doc? You know, I don't know if it needs it. I, I think it does. Uh, I, you know, I, I would prefer 
this, you know, calling it the rivalry game is just a little wearisome, tedious after a while. Well, the rivalry game, and that's sort of what either that or people in the vernacular and in conversations I'm having are just kind of slipping back into the old usage. Are you going to the Civil War? Mike, any extra tickets for the Civil War? And I said, there's no such thing. There's no such event. I have no tickets for a Civil War. You know, so, but, but, but I, I noticed that conversations are drifting. I don't know if you guys have always carried on with a name. I don't know. But even people that in theory are supposed to not call it that are still saying what times the Civil War yeah, kick yeah. off, you know, that type of thing. So it's drifting back almost organically to everybody just still calling it that. So to avoid that, in a sense, they're either need to go in, they, the powers that be, would need to allow it to kind of reassume its place as the name, which I doubt is going to happen, or come up with something else. So I, I'm okay with calling it the rivalry game, but I, there's got to be some much cleverer people in the world thinking about it and working on it who are going to come up with something pretty good, I hope. Yeah, Doc, if, if Oregon can slow the run game down for Oregon State, mm-hmm. which would not only surprise you or me, but if they can do that, the one area we've seen Oregon be vulnerable is through the air. Now, Cam Rising couldn't do it, but right. a week prior, obviously Dub yes. and Pennix are one of the more elite passing games. What have you seen from Gilbranson that would leave you maybe optimistic that he can – if given the opportunity, yeah. pick the the secondary apart a little bit for Oregon State because it feels like he's gonna need to do it if they're gonna yes. pull off the upset. Yeah, they're they're going to have to get something from the passing game. But what I I do think that Brian Lindgren, the coordinator, and Jonathan have put some stuff in there for him. The bootleg action has been really good, and Jack Velling has emerged as a legitimate threat and target in that game when he's on the move. Uh, in bootleg action and even off of play action, when the run game is somewhat effective, that's when they can take their shots. It's all, there are times they were t- against Arizona State where I felt like they could have just kept running it, but they wanted to, I think, in it, with the idea looking ahead to this game, uh, that Ben's got to be able, if the run game's somewhat productive then the play action becomes uh, an opportunity for Ben to hit some big stuff downfield. He's only thrown one interception as a starting quarterback. That's good news because Oregon's coming off a big game against Cam Rising, Bennett Williams in particular, taking the ball away. So he's got to make great decisions. But as long as the run game is uh, serviceable or productive or in its usual mode, then I do think Ben's going to get some shots and he's got to, he's got to make good throws and his receivers have got to make sure that they're catching the balls and, and making the big hits when they present themselves, because you're right, they're going to need, they're going to need a couple of those during the course of the game. They can't just run the ball constantly. And I think Ben's growing into a role and they've given him stuff that he can execute pretty well. Yeah. I love your point, too, on him not turning the ball over. Run the ball, play defense, be smart, and you're going to win a lot of games. Last one for you, Doc, because I know you're busy. Uh, you mentioned the Austin injury. Jaden Grant missed the game. Coletto's been out. Any updates on some of those guys and how healthy they're feeling this weekend? You know, it's a, Jonathan, as is, is I expected from a twofold standpoint, was a, not, you know, he didn't declare anyone fully out or fully in in his press availability yesterday, a little bit coy. And I expect that from both sides, it it, it happens that way, you know, going into almost every game. I'm a little more optimistic uh, about uh, Jack Coletto's return than, than perhaps Jaden Grant. 
uh, and I was about to say on the other side, but Jack plays all sides, every (laughs) side, every game. It's pretty amazing. I, we feel he ought to just, they ought to, the Paul Horning people ought to come in and present him the Paul Horning award before the game, you know, just, Hey, we don't need a ceremony. Here it is. You got it. I mean, the, the things that he's done all year and they were fortunate to be in a situation with the Sun Devils to not miss him in the sense of, controlling that thing and not needing the quote-unquote Coletto package in certain situations. I think it will serve them very well to have him back against Oregon, and I'm optimistic in that direction. Jaden, I'm not so sure. I I think we may have to wait that one out. And Anthony Gould is another when you talk about Gould Branson making plays in the passing game. Gould is a guy, if the ball's near him, he usually reels it in. He's He's tough, makes some big catches. They could certainly use him back, and I'm not, you know, again, I'm not terribly optimistic about that. Grant and Gould I'm a little worried about, and that's unfortunate because there's, you know, this game, it means a lot to everybody, but, you know, as Oregonians, I do think that, you know, they've they've grown up with a a sense of what the game's all about and, and have a feel. You know, even though Gould came in later, he's, he's got a feel for what this event is all about, and so does Jaden. You'd love to see those those young men get a chance to play in it. We'll see. Yeah, amen to that. Mike Parker is the voice of the Beavers at MEP OSU on Twitter. Go give him a follow. Uh, you are busy. You've got basketball. you got football. You're probably not a lot of sleep in between, but we always appreciate the time. Happy Thanksgiving to you. Have a great call, and enjoy what is one of the, the most enjoyable weeks of college football in the state of Oregon. Yeah. Thanks, Doc. Thanks a lot, guys. Happy Thanksgiving to you, too, and thanks for having me on. And I'll, I'll driving back and forth on I-5 and over to 34 and Highway 99, et cetera. I'll be thinking about what it is I really do like on Thanksgiving Day. Thanks to you, guys. Talk you to you go. soon. Thanks. You this episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. 